Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon, they'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon. The amazing spider-tar, the amazing spider-tar, come swing through the air, sit back and prepare for the Hello, I'm Dapper Dan Gavazin, and I'm the founder and editor of AmazingSpiderTalk.com. Thanks for joining me for a special bonus episode of the all-new Amazing Spider Talk. I hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides you an intelligent look at Spider-Man's universe in a bit of a bigger picture. If you want to learn everything I know about Spidey, why not subscribe to my show, starting back with the first season? You can enjoy my show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or your podcast player of choice. I'd love to have you along for our journey through Spidey's past, present, and future. Just head on over to AmazingSpiderTalk.com for all the details about where to subscribe. I wanted to pipe in quickly between episodes to tell you about an amazing event that I had the opportunity of participating in this weekend. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, this isn't what we normally do on the show, and I would encourage you to check out a different episode for our regular content. That said, I had the opportunity to attend the Gallery Nucleus here in Los Angeles this weekend for their pop-up show called What's Up Danger, established as an artistic tribute to the film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As many who listen to the show know, I'm a fervent collector of Spider-Man art. Whether it be the pages of the comic, commissioned artwork, or specialized handcrafted originals inspired by the character. The Nucleus Gallery, curated by Josh McKenzie, is one of the premier locations in Los Angeles for showcasing artwork inspired by pop culture, video games, comics, movies, and all the properties that I love. So when I saw that they were doing a show on one of my all-time favorite movies, Into the Spider-Verse, I knew I had to attend. To top it all off, they had several of the lead concept artists from the film who provided artwork for the amazing concept art book, there to sign books, sell prints of new work, and talk to me about concept art on the film. So what you'll be hearing on the show is some interviews with me and the curator of this event, Josh McKenzie, along with some of the artists who provided work for the show. And one last thing before we begin, as this is an audio podcast, I did my best to get the artist to describe the artwork so you could get an idea of what it looks like. But... If you go to our YouTube channel, Amazing Spider Talk, I will have a video there with every single image that we talk about as we talk about them, including a preview of the event itself. So if you never checked out our YouTube channel but want to see the artwork and gallery, why not head on over there and subscribe? Don't forget to subscribe. All right, enough of me yammering. Let's get to my interview with Josh McKenzie, lead curator on the What's Up Danger exhibit at Gallery Nucleus. Well, now let's meet one of our amazing spider friends. The kind of guy I go to other friends who recommend. Find out about the things they created. You'll love them so much that you wish you dated. But you're just friends. They're an amazing friend. A friend, a friend, a friend. They're an amazing friend. Hey everybody, it's Dan again, and I am joining you from the Nucleus Gallery, and I am joined by my friend here, Josh McKenzie. Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what this event we're at is? Yeah, uh, I am the assistant curator at Gallery Nucleus. Uh, we, 
this summer really wanted to celebrate a property that you know the whole gallery was really excited about um, and back in the winter time we all agreed on spider-verse um, and so it was uh, quite a labor of love we got um, about 22 artists to participate um, including the print runs we got about 35 pieces you know we just really wanted to make work that celebrates the energy and the movement of the film that's awesome so um, you know when a decision process is engaged upon in regards to what properties you show you know how many slots per year do you have and then like what goes into the consideration for what you ultimately end up choosing like, what made spider-verse make the cut well we we try to pick things that you know have a lot of appeal but also you know aren't aren't oversaturated in the market we all were really big fans of the movie and you know we thought hey there hasn't been like a major exhibit of work celebrating this movie um you know it just won the oscar of, you know several months back so we wanted to um kind of capitalize on that which is you know really excited for, exciting for me because it was my first my first major project um starting here uh and you know the our, our gallery director ben zu was basically just like do you do you like spider-verse and i'm like i love spider-verse can you tell me a little bit about the gallery itself? Yep. Um, Nucleus is uh, this year celebrating its 15th anniversary. Uh, we have been in Alhambra the entire time. And, uh, you know, we're one of the only galleries in the United States that caters exclusively to art focusing around comics and animation and video games, that kind of thing. Um, you know, really celebrating the illustration there as opposed to more of like a fine art kind of, kind of paradigm that other galleries focus on. That's really awesome. And, and what fortuitous timing. Spider-Verse just came out on Netflix. Absolutely not planned, but we'll take it. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. Um, so, like, you know, I'm here. I've seen the event. But maybe you can tell everybody at home who either is interested in coming or, you know, is listening to this in Europe or something like that who isn't able to attend the event. Like, describe the event itself. Tell me, you know, how many, you know, what kind of pieces you have and what the layout's like. I just want people to get an idea of it who are at home. We got, you know, a bunch of artists that work uh, in animation, uh, like storyboard artist Deshaun Mahone, who works on uh, Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network, um, and uh, New York-based illustrator Kevin Hong to um, make pieces for us. So it really kind of it really kind of spans the gap in terms of uh, like like career, like illustration as career. We have we have uh, freelance illustrators, we have video game art people, we have you know animation type people, and just anybody who ha captured that same sort of youthful energy. I wonder for this show. And how do you go about finding these people? I mean, obviously, like, people like Yuki seem obvious because they worked on the concept art for the movie. But do you just, you know, have some artists in mind or you put out a call for these kind of things? Um, you know, do you have a large catalog of artists that you, you know, go back to again? We do have, you know, maybe about a hundred people that we use quite frequently because they're very versatile in style. They, um, we ha they have a good working relationship with the gallery. So we do have uh, a stable of people, you know, this being my first show, I approached Ben with a list of, of artists that I knew, some of them personally, some of them I knew online that I thought would be great, and he um, asked about half of them, uh, just you know, as over personal taste disagreements. But a lot of the people that I wanted in the show are people who we haven't worked with before, because you know, it, as a as a gallery, you know, not to be pretentious, but you know, this is a place where you can sort of show people off. You can you know elevate people in a certain environment, and these the the, the people that I picked. Uh, maybe we haven't worked with them before, but they were people who definitely deserve to be on walls of galleries. It's not pretentious at all. That's the entire point of a gallery, uh, at least to my esti estimation. Yeah. So, you know, when you're putting together a show like this about the movie, you know, obviously I think you want to kind of cover your bases in terms of 
who you're representing and Spider-Verse is great in that regard. So there's a character for everybody. Uh, you know, how did you approach getting assignments, you know, for your various artists? I mean, obviously some, you know, from walking on the show, some multiple are anime styled, you know, so obviously that would be great, you know, for some of the more anime stuff in, you know, with Penny Parker and things like that. But I'm sure you must have like, you know, kind of divvied up your attention in some way. Honestly, for this show, I kind of just said, give me your best concepts. I want to see like what you want to make, first of all. And then I was like sort of keeping an eye on if there was like too much of like one character. Like if it was going to be like an all Miles show, I would have tried to see about, um, you know, diversifying perhaps. If it was an all like Peter B. Parker show, I would have wanted other characters to be shown. But for the most part, we got ensemble pieces, which, you know, I want to see everybody. Um, We got plenty of Miles, which of course I wanted. And I expected to get um, quite a bit more Gwen. Than we got. Um, we have maybe four that are really strong, and it kind of just shook out well. Like we got a good, we got everybody. I think we even got, we even got a kingpin. Yeah, it, it's really interesting who kind of shows up. You know, there's a lot of Penny Parker, and uh, I would say in a lot of Miles. You know, uh, uh, but you know enough to kind of get everybody in there. One of the things I was most interested in on your show floor is that you have these kind of like uh, sculpted models of characters from the films. Can you speak a little bit about what those are? Yeah, um, those are all resin sculptures by Andrea Blasic. So he received the sculpts from the um, one of the character visual development artists, Shi Yun Kim. So he got the sketches of the characters and then built up like these maquettes, so like they could be seen in 3D space in a really convenient way um, for the visual development artists, for like the character modelers. Um, and so we were able to borrow those from Andrea for this show. And you know they're so um, excellent to see in the round that we wanted to have them that you could kind of like you know, stalk all the way around the pedestal and see all the angles. So we were super excited to have that get. Well, in that way, you have a, you know, a Green Goblin, uh, I guess a ultimate Spider-Man, if you want to call him that, the the pristine version of Chris Pine Spider-Man, and you have the uh, Spider-Gwen. So in that way, you kind of have the ultimate Spider-Gwen there, you know, maybe, maybe not many pieces of her, but you've got her almost in the flesh. Do you have any favorite pieces in the gallery? I mean, I'm not going to say just one. If you have a couple, yeah. I do have some favorites. I, I do want to go ahead and say that I was extremely thrilled with the caliber of work I got all across the board. I don't think there's like a bad piece in the show. Well, maybe something that speaks to you personally then. Uh, I, I'm, I'm especially a big fan of Kevin Hong's piece, uh, Collider. Can you describe it for people? Yes. It's uh, it's a, a, an image of all of the, the characters, including the Green Goblin, kind of going through like the, the space-time collider that's featured very prominently in the movie um, and it's also got sort of like a comic book cover sort of feel with like the like the comic book code label and all of like the it says this, you know spider-verse letters flying around and it's super dynamic it was just a delight to receive uh, eva Askelinen delivered a very good one it was actually uh, one of the gwen based one it's uh, gwen's world just all of them. Every time I got something in my inbox, it was like a, it was like Christmas. That must be thrilling for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a perk of the job for sure. What kind of um, you know, in, in terms of your role as like a curator, like what kind of um, guidance can you provide these creators? Are you helping them tweak things, or it's kind of come as as it is? Yeah, for this one, I, I did want to kind of give them a bit of freedom because I really wanted people to draw, you know, what attracted them about Spider-Verse. And for almost everybody, it was, you know, what I hoped was like the, the movement and the action. Um, for my role, uh, it's mostly to pick the people that are going to make a cohesive batch where I can get like a good a good energy, basically, a good mood throughout the gallery that re- re- like reflects the property. 
Um, and there's some light art direction. Um, often I'll get several concepts for a piece um, and I'll pick the one that I think is the strongest compositionally or is the most unique because I want everyone to stand out as much as possible. But for the most part, I sort of just um, harangue them until I get the pieces uh, to a deadline. So. And what are you most excited about tonight on opening night? I'm just excited for people to see the work. It, uh, the physical pieces, the, one, the ones that are traditional media like paint and uh, mixed media look stunning. You can really see the dimensionality. Uh, Alex Ahad's is paper cut and it's layered. Like it's all the, all the different figures are different pieces of paper layered over top of each other and the dimensionality really pops in the gallery. Mars Hayward's is a series of uh, name tags um, that I'll say my name is Miles on them and it forms the background of the piece and you can really see like the layers of name tags applied. But even the ones that are completely digital, like the, the, the colors just really pop and all of them turn the gallery into like this magenta, cyan kind of dream world. It's great. So what, uh, you know, getting personal, what ab about the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is so appealing to you personally? Did you connect with the movie in a particular way? Yeah, I, I ended up seeing it uh, four times in theaters. A man of my own cloth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw it. I think was it? Do we decide today? It was four or five times. Five times in theaters. Yeah. It was. You know, I'm not um, generally speaking a, a crazy big Spider-Man fan. Um, it's always been something that's you know fine, but I've never like given it too much personal attention. But <laughs> when I, when I saw Spider Verse, like like Miles is such a wonderful dimensional character, and the world is so exciting, and the humor. Um, just kind of makes you care, and then when they, and then when the stakes are set up, they're paid off, which is, you know, of course, nuts and bolts filmmaking, but isn't as common as as all that sometimes. And on top of all that, the visual style just makes you want to be there. As someone who works in graphic arts, I, I have to imagine that it was thrilling to you. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like the purest distillation of pop art I've ever seen on screen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, it totally like nails that vibe without being too, with, with, while like remixing it and keeping it modern. Um, and it was one of the most, it's definitely the most exciting thing I saw in 2018. Probably one of the most exciting things I've seen in several years. And just everything just leapt off the screen. Every, every scene was, was exciting and different, um, you know, or emotionally touching. And it was just, uh, you know, just a joy. So if any of our listeners is a Los Angelino, what advice would you give them in terms of uh, this gallery and this show? Tell us about what's being offered here, how they can you know, come down, and what the times are. Anything you want to plug about the show? Absolutely. Uh, the show runs until July 13th. We are open Tuesday through Sunday from noon to 8. Um, gallery Nucleus, in addition to having the Spider-Verse show, we currently have... Um, what's called Dream Destinations, which is a, a similar group-style show um, celebrating different locations in the Disney universe. Like, there's a couple Agrabah pieces, there's an Elsa's Castle, and they're all done in, like, that very 50s, 60s travel poster kind of vibe. Um, so you can see that on the walls. In addition, we have um, a shop that is very carefully curated by our store manager. It has all the coolest, uh, most interesting comics and books you could find. Um, I think there's really nowhere else in Los Angeles like it. And you're selling, uh, I'm, I don't know if you're going to keep doing this, but I'm seeing this stack right next to me, the hard-to-find first edition of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse concept art book. Yes. Uh, I got one set aside for myself, and we have several put aside for pre-order, but we have some left. 
So if you're interested, definitely come on by. They might be gone tonight, but but it still might be worth it. You know, these are hard to find books, so uh, you know, very exciting. Um, how about yourself? If someone wanted to follow your work, where might they do that online? Gosh, uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at user amons a m o double n s. I am a comic and storyboard artist uh, freelance when I'm not here. Yeah, I think I'm funny online. So That's good enough for me. We all think we're funny enough. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. My next guest is Deshaun Mahone, an artist who provided a piece for the exhibit and a huge Spider-Man fan. All right, I'm here at the Nucleus Gallery, and I'm joined by Deshaun Mahone. Welcome to the show, Deshaun. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on because I just looked at your piece out in the gallery and I really liked it. You have a beautiful Miles piece out there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and uh, how you came to create this piece for the Nucleus Gallery? Uh, I am an artist, a storyboard artist at Cartoon Network. Um, I moved to LA uh, maybe like four years ago to pursue a career in animation. Um, and I've met my, my friend Josh here who works at Gallery Nucleus and he was telling me that they had a show coming up for, you know, I was like, oh, I love that movie. So it would be really cool to do a piece for it. Um, I wanted to challenge myself. I usually do like digital stuff. So this one was traditional and I wanted to really, you know, explore how it would look with markers. And just uh, one of my favorite scenes of the movies was toward the end when Miles was up against the kingpin. So I really wanted to do something like that with my piece. So uh, tell us a little bit more. Like, so your piece is like Miles and the Kingpin fighting, and, and you know, for much of that fight, Miles is kind of knocked down a little bit, you know, but obviously he gets back up and yeah. and does the shoulder touch, uh, which is so great. But uh, you know, tell me about the process for making your piece. It's, it's a marker piece. Yes, marker. Um, you know, I did a, a you know a sketch first, and uh, the the biggest thing was just like the color choices. I was like, oh, I really liked the colors they were using in the movie and like trying to get those color choices with my markers was pretty challenging just because I didn't have that many. I was like, how can I get the ones that they had that captured that moment, you know, with that same sort of feel. Uh, and I usually don't use them often too. So it was like, it was so many things that I had to keep a track of. But um, one thing that I always thought was, I just really love Miles' look with the jacket. So I was like, I want to put the jacket on him. I was like, it's not, maybe it's not so true to the movie, but I really want to put the jacket on him. I, like, I would kill to get yeah. a Miles action figure with a jacket and yeah, shoes. Yeah, it's so dope. It, <laughs> is, it is so dope. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of upset it's not part of his official costume. Yeah. As cool as his official costume is, he needs those shoes and that jacket. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially the shoes. I was like, oh. uh, uh I kind of wish that I put like the shoes a little more in the forefront, but I still made sure to make sure you know to, that they were uh, pretty apparent. I was like, okay, I want to make sure the shoes pop out a little bit and put the red in. You know, it, it was really good. Um, One thing I like about your piece is the kind of like use of the Benday kind of dot style that you've got kind of like scattered around them, right? And that kind of yeah, it's actually funny because um, I, I did like a previous version of the piece before, you know, that's this not up there currently. And uh, I didn't have the dots on that one. I did it like on a se separate piece of paper. And once I did it that way, I was like, oh, I like this. So I started to put it on or I started to redo the sketch and then I did it with the dots and I was like, oh, it really, you know, it really pops. Um, I thought about putting, you know, more dots that come outside of the piece, but I didn't want to like go overboard, you know, I wanted to keep it simple. 
Um, I, I usually like to have like simpler pieces, but the dots themselves, like I really liked that moment um, in the movie. Like they used it a lot, and I was like, I really want to capture that. Right, exactly. Um, have you done like other shows like this? Is this something that like animators like yourself, you know, do fairly often? Is in- engage themselves in gallery works, you know, or is this kind of a very unique thing to this gallery? Um, this is the first one I feel like I've done like at a gallery outside of Cartoon Network. I did one uh, Cartoon Network for the show that I work on, um, but it was just like in-house, you know, like uh, just for the artists that work at the studio. So this was like, this is a new experience for me. Um, Some uh, animators and storyboard artists and such, they do work outside of, you know, their main gig. Uh, This is the first time I've jumped out and branched out outside of that. So uh, it's pretty new and pretty exciting. (laughs) As an artist, you know, what does the film, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, like, mean to you? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. I can only speak for myself that, like, I've never seen anything quite like it on the screen before in terms of, like, expressing pop art and the kind of art that, like, comic book fans love on the screen. D- do you have a similar kind of, like, personal connection to the film in, in the artistic regard? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always loved Spider-Man as a character. Um, and seeing, like... Miles, like in the front, was just really crazy to me. Like, like I'm a black man, so like seeing that it was just like really cool to, you know, just like oh, it's through his point of view, like a lot of things that I could relate to, you know, through the character. So it was very special. I was really happy to, you know, be able to contribute in some sort of way, you know. It wasn't like for the movie, but it, you know, this show is like just as cool. Like, <laughs> did um like beyond Miles himself, you know, like the appeal of Spider-Man has always been that like his mask has no like holes in it. Right. Like it can cover someone's face and it could literally be anybody under there. And Peter Parker has kind of always been the everyman, even though he is a specific person with very specific, you know, personality traits. Is what, is that what drew you to the character is that you could imagine yourself being in that costume? Yeah. It's just a really cool character. I think he's a really universal sort of like, um, character that a lot of people can, you know, grab onto just because his struggle is very, you know. And I feel like I can relate to Peter B. Parker eating too much pizza. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he made that uh, the burger in the movie look really good when he's eating oh, it. Oh man, I would eat that cartoon burger every yeah, day of the so week. Yeah, it was so good. Oh yeah. yeah, but he says it's better in his universe, so yeah. we can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining me. What are you most excited about tonight uh, on in the celebration of the opening? Uh, really just excited to see people's reactions when they see the pieces like because when I came in early I was like wow this is crazy like you know like seeing all the other pieces there there's a couple that you know I was eyeballing myself like like maybe I'll purchase a few <laughs> yeah, <laughs> artists so. buying art from yeah, yeah, artists. I love cool. it I have to hang something up on my wall <laughs> for sure for sure uh, are you going to be kind of like hunched over your piece like a gargoyle watching how people react to it no probably not like yeah i'm pretty like you know like uh you know it'll be cool to see if people are looking at it but i'm probably just gonna walk around a bit more before some uh, artists are really terrified of that they just once the piece is made they want to leave it alone and and kind of yeah i felt like i had to face my fears to come and see it you know like see it out in the open but uh outside of that i think it's like it's cool. I'm here. I saw it, and now I can move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. If um, any of our listeners want to follow you at home, do you have an online presence? Uh, yeah, I have a Twitter, at uh, DeshaunMahone, uh, or you know, not .com, but at DeshaunMahone, uh, D-A-S-H-A-W-N-M-A-H-O-N-E. Yeah. 
And I recommend everybody check it out. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I'm sure if it has any of your art on it, it's wonderful. Yeah, it has it has art there that I share, you know, my opinions, it's all that stuff. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, thank you so much for joining all right, us today. All right, thank you. Thanks again to Josh McKenzie for sitting down with me and for providing me and my team access to his wonderful exhibit. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you live in the Los Angeles area and want to attend the show, I cannot encourage you enough to visit the Gallery Nucleus and see this wonderful exhibit. Please check the show notes to this episode for all the details about how to attend or go to gallerynucleus.com for a preview of the show and more information. In the meantime, later today, this very day, we'll have our review of Spider-Man Far From Home with a spoiler-free section first, a break, and then a section with spoilers, and then my conversation with Scott Corelli from the Spider-Man Minute podcast to talk all about the Easter eggs we found in the film. It'll be the perfect thing to listen to whether you've seen the film or not, or you just want to listen to something and you're never going to see the film. I don't know who that is, but maybe there's one or two of you out there. Also, for our Patreon subscribers, be sure to check out our Patreon page and your podcast feed this week where we've already got special reviews of the entire Nick Spencer run up through issue 24. Remember, for just $3.99 a month, the price of a new comic, you'll get access to our exclusive new issue reviews, b-book reviews, and more. And for $10 or more a month, you'll get access to some awesome commissioned artwork. This time, and coming in about a month's time, from Barry Kitson, as he depicts the tremendously sad moment that Spider-Man learned of Gwen's demise. Plus, we've also got the amazing Spider-Slack community for you to join. Just check this episode's description for a link to our Spider-Man talking community. We've even got a channel discussing all our thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home. And if you want to keep up with me on the internet, why not go on Twitter and subscribe to my feed at at sup spider talk drop me a line tune in for my thoughts about far from home as we get a little bit further away from the movie's release date and one last thing as we're always sure to remember and as mark typically says with great podcasts must also come the all-new amazing spider talk